Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Off Track with Inch and Rossi. Well, guys, it's, uh, it's another episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi coming your way. Um, I was asked to do the introduction, which is uh, it's weird that they would trust me with such an honor. Um, but here we are. Um, I'm going to intentionally not do a good job so I don't get asked to do it again. So, yeah, I'm Alex. That was and, my uh, theory with... Uh with doing the dishes as a kid. When my Did, mom asked me to do the dishes, I made mm. sure I load the dishwasher very poorly and then was, I was never asked to do it. Was, that, was that your guy's theory last week at the GP? I was going to say, it's Tim's theory with the latest <laughs> movie he wrote. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, try as he might with podcast production, we still have him come back. As bad as this is sometimes, we still have him back every week. I'm, gonna, I'm going to going intentionally edit this segment poorly. Really? I'm, gonna, I'm going, going to going intentionally edit this segment poorly. That, that, that makes sense, yes. <laughs> That's fair. Um, what was That's that fair. voice that I heard, Tim? Is, do you have a mouse in your uh, house? I, got a, I, my, I have Hazel here. Uh, okay. Her her mom had uh, had contact with somebody who tested positive for uh, for coronavirus. So so she's okay. on lockdown while we get that sorted. So uh, Hazel and I have been hanging out uh, for a little bit more than usual, which has been fun. But she's gonna help me podcast today. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Is she, um, is she gonna help you shave at any point? No. Um, no. Did I tell because you guys the, this the story? beard has now gotten to a usually point usually where... people. Usually people that keep beards long are, you know, doing a playoff run because they're successful in their career. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. going the opposite. It's the opposite. <laughs> I asked, so I asked Hazel after I, I'd grown it out for like a month or two if I should shave my beard. And Hazel, what did you, what did you say about shaving my beard? When did you say I should do it? On his last birthday. She told me to shave on my last birthday. Oh, is that coming out soon? <laughs> Which I thought was pretty ominous. So I said, Hazel, I'm not going to know when my last birthday is. And what, what did you say to that? YOLO. She said, I'll know. YOLO? She said, oh. I'll know. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, oh my God. story, I can never oh. shave. <laughs> you can shave on your last birthday. You can shave on your last yeah, you now so, realize that if you shave, we're all just going to be terror, like just worried about you for the next year. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it can never. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I, I have a beard now, which would be great if I had the ability to grow one. <laughs> like, well, it's actually coming in better now. the The longer and I mean, more homeless it? looking it gets, yeah, it just it looks like it's I mean, more of a look now. But he kind of already looked homeless. That's so true. That's true. He's just, he's just committing to the vibe at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because he's only got one shirt. And you 
So, no, he has he's just he has three shirts, but one pair of pants. Right, but all the shirts are the same shirt. He just owns three of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I am um, currently what they call uh, DFL in the uh, NTT IndyCar Series point standings. So that's now. Wait, have you actually checked that? Because I was thinking about this because Felix finished fifteenth in this race and DNF'd in the last race. And you DNF this race and finish 15th in the last race. James, let so, me explain something to you. He is, uh... Oh, there was more You are cars. not last. You are, you are 23rd. No, I'm last of the full-time guys. Felix, James has five more points than I do. Think okay. about that. Okay. Okay. I'm behind, <laughs> I'm behind Tony. to Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, Alex, you want to hear something real bad? You're sure. only you're only seven positions better than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, that's okay. So, not an ideal weekend for you, Alex. I mean, James. James is seven spots ahead of me. <laughs> no. Yeah. Nine. I'm not even here full time. I know. I'm not, um, I like not finish last in the one. Not not an ideal start, no. But um, I, and not to be a know. stickler, but James is actually nine positions ahead of you. No, I corrected myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's been one of those things, guys. It's it, 2020. It's a it's a hell of a year. One I'm going to look back on with, you know, a memory. I think it's adorable <laughs> that you think any of us are making it out of 2020. <laughs> that's a that's a very very good point actually. Or yeah. or to angle it another way that you think twenty twenty one is looking any better at this point. It's uh, it's that's not a foregone conclusion yet. Okay, uh, guys. Yeah, so a suboptimal weekend for you. Uh, car trouble all weekend. Uh, not really a whole lot else to say, is it? Quite frankly, it doesn't really matter, James. How 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 was it for you? Besides, it, well, I I, I, I do want to talk hot. about something. That was okay. what I was going to say. It was unbelievably warm. Like, I've never been in a race car and actually really felt the heat. And it, it's something that I always told people. I was like, well, you know, at 200 miles an hour, at 150 miles an hour, you have the best air conditioning in the world. So, like, your body's hot, but your face never feels hot. So, like, it's not that bad. Well, now you don't have that and your face feels really hot. So it kind of sucks. And so I think what's important for people to understand, right, is we have the arrow screen now. Yes, it still has the opening at the top. It's not totally closed off, but <clears throat> that air is not coming in. It's not coming at us like it used to when it was open. <clears throat> and people that race, whether it's stock cars or sports cars, you know, that's obviously completely enclosed. Uh, in the stock car side, they even have the engines in front of them <laughs> that are pumping out a lot of heat. It gets warm in there. But the difference is they've got the room to have – uh, an electric fan blowing air, so it's it's a forced air into uh, their helmets, so it does keep their head cool. To Alex's point, you know, as long as your head's keeping a, a reasonable temperature, it's it's a lot safer, it's a lot easier. Um, we don't have that. We have a little hose hooked up to our helmets, but it's just it's a ram air system. So essentially, whatever speed the car's going, that's the kind of rough force of air that we're getting into the helmet. But it's 
not a particularly efficient system. And at Texas on the oval, when you're doing at least 200 miles an hour the whole time, it was manageable. But on the road course at Indy, almost as hot, you know, temperature wise as Texas was. Uh, but your your max speed is only 180 something. And so most of the lap, you know, you're averaging probably around 110, 115 and you're just not getting a lot of air. So it's it created a very, very unique and very challenging situation. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's yeah, it, I think what's what's frustrating is, you know, this was a big concern of everyone's since day one and here we are so anyways it's it is what it is um it's going to be very interesting uh for james to watch um people from my air-conditioned booth yeah i had a a question from from just watching the race You, you talked about the air hose that goes in how much does that do well, that's kind of James's point. I mean, nothing unless you're going kind of at least 75, 80 miles an hour. Okay. Um, I so, didn't know. Yeah, okay. So that, that, that is just bringing in air. Because I, I saw that that came out on Dixon's, and I, I wonder if that's why he just wanted to finish the race way before everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Either um, that or he's taking social distancing very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's good that he has the talent to be able to do those sort of things, unlike the other people in this podcast um, who clearly cannot. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's I mean, great for him. It's It seems like it's like a double edged sword, right? Because not only does he have not only does he have the talent to finish earlier and get out of those physically challenging conditions. He's also the most fit. And so he doesn't actually need to go fast and get out of it sooner, but he can. So he does. Well, I mean, in his defense, he, he does have the advantage of being almost 40. <laughs> <laughs> it's just experience, Tim. It's experience. I mean, yeah, it, at least, you know, he also has a beautiful wife and family. Oh, amazing and kids. Lots of horses. Property yeah. and, and, and money and success. So, I mean, other than that. One of these days you know, he's going to catch a break. What's he really got to have? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but is again, he happy? Yet yes. again. He Yet also, again. yes. Yeah, he is very happy. No, he's very, very happy. Here we go. Very content. I mean, <laughs> this, this is now another podcast that is going to be completely, you know, dedicated to talking about how great Scott Dixon is. Um, so uh, at what point do we just make it the Scott Dixon podcast with Hinch and Rossi? Hey, if anybody wants to make a theme song for the Scott Dixon podcast with Hinch and Rossi, fun story, we Please do won't it. pay you. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll definitely put we'll it on the show. It. Yeah, we'll use it. We might credit you. I don't know. Yeah, 50-50. But, I mean, so, Alex, the car was hot, but at least the drink system is super bad. <laughs> you know, the car may be hot. The drink system may be bad. Um, but at least the cars are now two seconds slower. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, had a, I had a question, oh. or maybe an observation. Doing the the one day, you know, set up race go kind of thing. I know this this wasn't quite that, but but kind of having the condensed race schedule. Is there an advantage to some of the smaller teams that maybe don't have the ability to make the changes on the fly? Like I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like you show up if you show up and just race, you're kind of just getting the car as it comes out of yeah, the train. Yeah, no, I you mean, can't make as many changes. It's a it's a really good question, Tim, and we really saw the effect of that with Team Penske being on pole and and uh, Chip Ganassi <laughs> racing winning. Okay, um, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm just no, trying to find that's, No, that's, that's an interesting point. I, I don't think so because, you know, as much as there is a difference in, in team sizes and capacity for development and stuff, there's not a whole lot of, of development that gets done like between sessions. So kind of what you show up with is what you have. Um, so yeah, I don't really think that that really comes into play. James might have something to add to that. No, no, I think that's I think it's a valid point, you know, and it's it's funny because so obviously this was a historic weekend because we had the Indy cars uh, and the Xfinity cars running on the road course on Saturday, and then for the first time in history we had NASCAR, you know, at the same venue at the same weekend uh, running the Brickyard Four Hundred uh, on Sunday, and. You know, I, I was there for for that with uh, with NBC and was floored. I mean, I know they've been doing this since everybody came back from from the pandemic and we got back racing. And I've watched it on TV every week, but for some reason, being there in person, it just hit it just hit home even harder. These guys are rocking up to the racetrack, getting into their cars, and their first lap at speed is lap one of the race. They are not qualifying. They are not practicing. So when you talk about not being able to develop a lot in between sessions and having to show up with a good car, imagine having to show up and go literally straight into the race. The only, the only argument I have, like, it's, it's, it's impressive, okay? Like, it's, it is very cool to watch, actually, and um, it's, it's unbelievable to imagine how difficult that is. Two very big differences. One... As we were talking about, James, in a, in a cup car, you have such a large or a much larger margin for error in terms of, you know, you as a driver finding your reference yes. points and everything. You've got sure. multiple lanes to work with. The cars are slightly more forgiving. You know, when you're racing, you can you can touch a little bit and get away with things. All of those things we can't do. And the other huge thing that I don't think a lot of people realize is in a cup car, you can make a lot of adjustments in the pit stop. So you can start out with a setup that's pretty conservative and then kind of work your way into a more aggressive approach as the race goes on and, and you know what you can kind of get away with. In an Indy car, you can adjust the front wing. You can't touch ride heights. You can't touch corner stiffness. You can't just adjust, you know, really anything other than your your arrow balance. So Front wing and tire um, pressures. Yeah. Front wing no, for sure. Pressures. It's a it, very valid points. Um, it's... Uh, but I, I look at it even even as, you know, you look at other sports, right? So imagine a football team and they are traveling to a city to play somebody and they stay in the hotel that night and they wake up in the morning and they're told, okay, you're going to get on the bus. We're going to go to the stadium. You're going to walk through the locker room and grab your helmet and go straight out onto the field. You can't warm up. You can't stretch. You can't practice anything. You've got to go from the hotel onto the field for the first snap. That is not how most sports work. And so it's just, it's, it's the racing comparisons. Yes, for sure. It is a very different deal and it would not work well. It would not be a successful model in IndyCar for sure. Um, but even just comparing it to other sports in general, the, the mindset of just going straight into a competition, uh, especially with the risks that are involved. It's just, I don't know. It's fascinating. I, I actually was, was talking to Steve Phelps in NASCAR yesterday and, and asking him, when are they going to stop that? Because everybody's at the track now. They've kind of gotten a bit of a rhythm. You'd think that at some point they're going to bring back qualifying and bring back practice. But when is it? And 
they weren't sure. I mean, it's working for them right now, so they're not actually sure when they're going to start letting cars actually practice again. I mean, you say it's working for them, but, like, two guys have won 75% of the races. So... That's like, a valid point. Okay, uh, I, counterpoint to that. One guy has won 100% of the IndyCar <laughs> races this year. <laughs> okay, yep. That, that is, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Good for him. But remember, they've, they've already done as many races as we're going to do in the entire season. So it's not exactly apples to apples. Yeah, let's, yeah, that's a good let's point, see how actually. many more I mean, Nixon Harvick wins. and Hamlin have pretty much won them all. Yeah, Scott is probably going to win more. I'm not saying that, <laughs> but I don't think he's going to win them all. I mean, I mean at this point, yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, if we, went, if we went to a program where we did no practice, no qualifying, he absolutely would win them all. <laughs> Usually practice is just an, an excuse for us to try to get closer, you know. But Road America Next, which you made one of the, if not the most boring races of the year last year with your outstandingly dominating performance. I imagine you're excited to go back there for a doubleheader? Yeah, yeah, I, I am. Um, for sure. I mean, obviously, I have a little bit <clears throat> of some concerns now after some of the things we've We've kind of learned the first couple couple events with, with the arrow screen and, and how that changes things a little bit. But yeah, I think as a whole, our, our cars have always been pretty strong there. And um, yeah, we're going there with, honestly, not a lot of pressure at this point, considering uh, we already talked about where we are in the championship. So it's just going to go out and try and, and uh, put it up front and see what happens. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. As I said in the last podcast, though, I think everyone's mind is focused on Iowa and what that's going to be like. Fun fact for y'all. Um, do you, you, you both know what the dew point is, right? Yes. No. Okay, so dew point is like, it's actually like the real temperature in terms of it's combining the outside temperature as well as the humidity. And so say, for example, if it's 88 degrees outside and the dew point is 88, you will actually have fog. But okay. the, the odds of that happening are, are very low. Anyways, long story short... The highest ever dew point was recorded in the Amazon forest somewhere, and it was like 102 degrees. The second highest dew point ever recorded on this planet was in Newton, Iowa. No, it was not. At 99 (laughs) degrees. Yes, it was. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you that don't know, Newton, Iowa is the specific part of Iowa where the racetrack is located. Are you serious? Dead serious? Newton, Iowa has this. I mean, we're talking Mojave Desert. We're talking, you know, other well, rainforests. Yes. The Mojave Desert the doesn't have a very high dew point because of the humidity. Right. Correct. But. Wow. It so doesn't it's going to be hotter than Hades and also humid as all get out. Let, let well, me put it to you this at way. Least you're the, doing dew, the dew point. The dew point <laughs> that we had over the weekend. James, when it was yeah. 92 degrees out and 60 or 70% humidity, was 70. Oh, my God. So, so yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Oh, that actually really – okay, that helps a lot. That puts it into perspective quite a bit because you say you say 99 and what you have to understand is, you know, like you say, the race this weekend was 93 and, uh, it, like, a lot of guys were really struggling at the end of the race with the hydration right. and, and – the, the effects of that, and to think that that dew point was 70. 
Right. Now, so right now, right now, it's 92 degrees in Indianapolis with a humidity of 50%, and the dew point is 66. Okay. When was this recording in Iowa taken? I, I don't know that. Okay. Can you look at whatever fancy app you were just looking at right now and see what the dew point is in Newton, Iowa, knowing that today in Indianapolis it is yes. 66? Right now, right now, today... It's not that bad. It's 68. However, when we get to um, tomorrow, it's 75. So it's uh, steadily going up. So we're trending the wrong direction. Correct. Copy. But, you know, Uh, should be fine. Yeah, in a couple more weeks, mid-July will probably be, you know. It'll probably probably cool it off a little bit. Yeah. 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 That's, that's almost fall, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyways, guys, Iowa's going to be wild. At least we get to do two races. Um, and, you know, and, the, and the other good on. thing is you're traditionally really bad there. So we got that to look forward to, too. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, hang on. Real talk for a second. And again, I hate, to, I hate to keep harping on this, but this is the hot topic. No pun intended. The, the race in Iowa is normally a night race. Right, uh-huh. it's only a Saturday night race, and last year we had a practice session in the middle of the day. We had an hour long practice session in the middle of the day, and I was always a hot race. Like that's it's always hot there when we go. And I remember very very clearly getting out of the car after that one hour session. And again, that's not an hour straight running. Right, you're in and out of the pits, and you're not doing you know two hundred laps. My race suit has never been wetter. Because you were Except scared. when I peed myself. Yeah. <laughs> because, I was, because I was so... Even when I peed myself. Because I, it was, I, was, I sweat so much. And like parts... You know, like normally when you sit in the car, like your suit gets sweaty where your, your body's in the seat, right? Where the yeah, suit where your belts are and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. My like shins were sweaty. Like the suit was just soaked. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I'm so happy this is not a day race because that would be arguably unbearable. And now we've got an aero screen. It is a day race, and you're doing two of them back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the booth is going to be very, very, very cold. Yeah, James. If you want to call me from the booth, we could, you know, FaceTime, have some lemonade, maybe some iced tea. Absolutely, I will be consuming <laughs> all sorts of frosty beverages. <laughs> I'm sorry, Alex. I don't. This is. I am genuinely like concerned for your well-being. So I don't want to. I don't want to make light of the situation. I, no, I'm also uh, genuinely concerned for your so, well-being, but I do want to. I do want to make light of the situation. No, but like I, I seriously think there could be some actual like medical problems from people. So, so one of the one of the things, really, the only thing at this point that we can do to counter it. Um, because you can't change the aero screen. Obviously, that's it's too big a thing to do in two weeks. I mean, you but, could definitely take it off. But yes, you're right. Oh, you could you could so you could take the screen off the halo. That's true. Yes. Um, but but in light of that, we're kind of going back to a, an earlier thing we mentioned was the the drink bottle thing. So you know, a lot of people ask if we have anything to drink in the car, and the answer is yes. We get a, a, it's it's kind of like a Camelback, you know, and it's about a liter of fluid maybe. But it's got a it's got a mandated position in the car that it has to be stored, and unfortunately, that's right beside the radiator, which is you know running at a hundred and seventy degrees for most of the race. 
So the fluid inside is, is near boiling. It's like drinking hot tea while you're smoking hot in a race car working hard. So at least if we could come up with a solution that allowed us to have maybe more fluid and keep it in a part of the car where it could actually stay cold, you could help regulate your body temperature a little bit and not just be, you know, making it, making your internals as hot as your externals, you know? That's astounding that that hasn't been solved because I feel like that's been an issue for a while now. It sure has, but it's been manageable from the seat until two days ago. Well, no, yeah, quite honestly, like, you didn't really need water. It was nice to have as a convenience, but if it was hot, like, you just wouldn't drink it. Like, now you actually need fluid. Like, you need to be able to recover some sort of uh, water loss. Um, Yeah, Connor said he lost 12 pounds during the... I don't, I don't, I think that's an exaggeration, to be honest, because I think he'd be dead. Um... (laughs) But yeah, I mean, for sure he lost a lot of weight. Imagine, imagine if he had not done a two-stopper. Yeah. Well, that's just it, right? That strategy is very different. And saving fuel versus pushing flat out, it's, even though the lap time difference is sometimes only a couple tenths, it's amazing the, the exponentially higher physical effort required to get those last couple tenths in a race car. So yeah, the, the guys that are three-stopping versus two-stopping are having a much harder day physically and uh, yeah, luckily in Iowa, it's like a six stopper, so you'll get a you'll get a couple little breaks. Well, yeah, but that, that's the thing. Someone was like, "Oh, you know, the race distance fifty laps shorter." I put that in my calculator. That's that's fourteen minutes shorter. So. <laughs> cool. Well, and there's two of them. <laughs> and there's two of them. So guys, we have uh, we've got a cool segment idea that we uh, we want to introduce into the show, but it's going to take it's really going to take you guys playing along because one of the things that is so cool about the Indianapolis 500 are the generational stories that you hear. You know, so many people got introduced to the 500 through their dad whose dad got him into it or their you know whatever it is it's, there's there's all these cool stories of you know family history at the speedway and people also have you know some entertaining stories of your time at the speedway because let's be honest you you're having fun it's a party atmosphere it's a cool environment and so what we'd like to do is actually invite any fans listening if you think you've got a really funny or cool Indy 500 story, we'd love to hear it. You can email producer Thim. Uh, Thim, throw them the email address. Yeah, that email is offtrackstories at gmail.com. Thank you, Tim. Perfect. So, yeah, just, uh, sorry, what was that one more time, Tim? Offtrackstories at gmail.com. Excellent. Yes. Okay, so that's that's the one you want to send it to. You send all your email addresses, or sorry, all your emails to that address, Tim, just one more time, because the third time I'm always the one that makes it stick. Again, it's offtrackstories at gmail.com. Perfect. Okay. So, so if you've got a cool story, for example, we already have we already have our first one of these lined up. It's not we're not airing it today, but it's already lined up. And I, I'm gonna I, I'm just gonna say that a motorhome is involved in this guy's particular Indy 500 experience. And let's just say the motorhome did not get returned in the same condition that it was borrowed. So, like, we're talking funny stories, crazy stories, cool generational stories, whatever you got. We'd love to hear fan experiences from 8500 because it is one of the coolest fan events on the planet. Yeah, I can't wait to hear some of those. Uh, I have, I, I'm sure I have a lot of Indy 500 stories. I just don't remember most of them because I, I do the Indy 500 no, I, a little different. I think, 
<laughs> I think we know more about your Indy 500 stories than you do. You definitely know more stories about Marco's wedding than I do, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, since, uh, since you know, I've, I've been hanging out at home with Hazel for a while, and, uh, and she's been very well behaved through all this, uh, she actually wanted to come on and ask a question again. So I'm going to turn this over and have Hazel ask you guys a question. So Hazel, the microphone Love there. What is your favorite part about having a dog and your least favorite part about having a dog? Those are great questions. That's very Alex, good Why question. don't you take it away? My favorite part about having the dog um, is... For me, they're kind of like little humans. So like I get to, I, I, ha- I have a lot of conversations with my dog, which is very weird. I find myself talking to them and expecting a response. Um, so I guess my favorite, <laughs> my favorite part is just uh, the, the companionship that you have. My least favorite part about having the dog um, is if your dogs are overexcited, um, they love to, to bark at everything that passes by. Um, and that's very annoying. <laughs> for me it's funny James? because my favorite part and my least favorite part are almost from the exact same moment so my favorite part about having a dog is cuddles in the morning i love when my dogs jump on the bed first thing in the morning and you get to snuggle them and you get to rub their bellies and pet them i just love waking up to that the bad part the part that i like the least is that one of my dogs loves doing that every morning at six thirty. And some mornings, I don't want to get up at 6.30, but he wants to get pet at 6.30. So I can I'm mad relate. for like Not two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad for about two seconds, but then it leads right now, into so- my favorite part. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hazel, what about you? What's your favorite part about having Teddy? Pappy. Everything. Everything. What's your least Everything. favorite part about having Teddy? Nothing. Everything. Nothing? Okay. That's because she doesn't you know have what? To That's pick a good answer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One well. day, Hazel, one day you're going to have to pick up the poop. <laughs> well, thank you, Hazel, for your question. I look forward to the next one. Yep. 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 <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Another episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. And we will be back in, I don't know, probably two weeks. We'll Maybe, figure, we'll Maybe not. I don't know. We'll figure it out. And we'll wish Alex all the best in Road America. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to add producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Thim. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.